Hello, my friends, and this is another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 51, and I'm going to do all the readings for Pentecost. It's going to be the readings from the Vigil Mass, and then they're going to be the readings from the the Mass for the daytime. Um, you're going to notice that the reading is going to start off, it's going to be quite a lot for the Vigil Mass, so Pentecost, the Vigil Mass is going to be quite uh, a lot of readings. Um, it's going to start off from Genesis. It's going to move into uh, Exodus. It's going to move into Ezekiel. And it's going to be a lot of Psalms. Um, probably won't be as much, but I want to try to put in, cram in as much as possible because I want you guys to to get the feel, to realize how much scripture, how much scripture. If you have a friend who's a Protestant, you know, Protestants tend to say Catholics don't read the Bible. That's true uh, in one sense. It's true. Uh, unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way. But if you bring someone to a vigil mass like this and you point out, you show them in the missalette, you know, that's the, the booklet we have at mass, how much scripture is in there. I think they they could change their mind. We get a lot of scripture in a Catholic service. There's a lot of scripture. Problem is, unfortunately, uh, Catholics sometimes don't take advantage of it. And I think that's unfortunate because uh, there's two problems. One is they take it for granted. Two which is a big thing to me, is that I think our clergy, our ministers, uh, for some reason, don't focus a lot on the Bible readings. They don't um, talk about them enough. They don't do enough... um, what you call exegesis, which means critical, just a little critical study. And you know, there's a danger if you go too much. It could be exhaustive. And you don't want to become like one of those Protestant ministers that can go on for a long time. You know, um, what you want to do is you want to just, you got to figure out how to balance it enough. Balance it like in a sense, give give people what people's appetite enough that they want to go back and read it or come to a Bible study. And that, that should be enough. That should be a way of getting people's interest. You got to talk about it just enough and you got to make it also understandable just enough. But you don't want to go, let's say 30, 40, you know, 50 minutes an hour it would be great if people you know would get just like maybe a few minutes like it just just to show people why these readings were picked and give them enough comparisons to see where where what God is saying in these particular scripture readings. So that would be great. All right. Let me just, um, you know, so when I, I will try to do is I'll try to keep it simple enough. Like what is God saying? Well, you're going to see that the language of God's love, God's presence is missing in humanity. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, we know that Christ is the manifestation of God's love and God's presence in humanity. You'll notice in Exodus how God wants to come down. He comes down as fire in the mountain. You'll notice that. You'll notice that in Ezekiel, right? You'll notice that how um, the valley of the dry bones is is basically 
people's lives dry of God's presence. That without God in our lives, we are dead. We are we're equally as dead as dead as a valley of dead bones. And we need God's presence to give us life, to give to give meaning and purpose. Because without God, there's no meaning and there's no purpose in our life. And we don't have, we don't see our fellow man with purpose and meaning and dignity. And then you see how God wants to pour his Holy Spirit out in the, in the, in the book of Joel. And you'll see also in Isaiah, you'll see these repeatings over and over and over again. Until finally we got Pentecost. And we got Jesus. And we have, we have God back with us again. All right. Let's begin. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my faults, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. First reading for the Pentecost Vigil Mass is Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 9. It was called Babel because the Lord confused the speech of the world. A reading from the book of Genesis. The whole world spoke the same language using the same words while the people were migrating in the east they came upon a valley in the land of shinar and settled there they said to one another come let us mold bricks and harden them with fire they used bricks for stone and pitmen for mortar then they said come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the sky and so make a name for ourselves otherwise we should be scattered all over the earth the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people had built then the Lord said if now while they are one people all, sp all speaking the same language they have started to do this. Nothing will let, would later stop them from doing whatever they promised to do. Let us then go down there and confuse their language so that one will not understand what another says. Thus the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the speech of all the world. It was from that place that he scattered them all over the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 33. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. The Lord brings to naught the plans of nations. He foils the designs of the peoples. But the plan of the Lord stands forever. The design of his heart through all generations. Bless the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Bless the nation whose God is the Lord, 
the people he has chosen for his own inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down. He sees all mankind. Bless the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. From his fixed throne he beholds all who dwell on the earth. He who fashioned the heart of each. He who knows all their works. Bless the people the Lord has chosen as his own. Okay. I'm going to, uh, for this segment here, I'm going to do this, a second reading. It's from Exodus, chapter 19, verse 3 to 8, 16 to 20. The Lord came down upon Mount Sinai before all the people. A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses went up the mountain to God. Then the Lord called to him and said, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, Tell the Israelites, You have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians, and how I bore you up on eagle wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all other people. Though all the earth is mine, you shall be to me a kingdom, a priests, a holy nation. That is what you must tell the Israelites. So Moses went and summoned the elders of the people. When he set before them all the Lord had ordered, them, ordered him to tell them, the people answered together, Everything the Lord has said we will do. On the morning of the third day there was there were peals of thunder and lightning and a heavy cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. But Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God and they stationed themselves at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai were all wrapped in smoke for the Lord came down upon it in fire. The smoke rose from it as though from a furnace and all the mountain trembled violently. The trumpet blast grew louder and louder while Moses was speaking and God answering him with thunder. When the Lord came down to the top of the mountain, Mount Sinai, he summoned Moses to the top of the mountain. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. We have here another uh, responsorial psalm. It's from the book of Daniel, chapter 3, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56. Blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of our fathers, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. And blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed are you in the temple of your holy glory, praiseworthy and glorious above all forever. Blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed are you on the throne of your kingdom, praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed are you who look into the depths from your throne upon the cherubim, Praiseworthy and exalted above all forever. Blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. Blessed are you in the firmament of heaven, praiseworthy and glorious forever. Blessed is your holy and glorious name, praiseworthy and exalted above all for all ages. All right, and we have an alternative, which is Psalm 19, and we'll do this as well. The response is, Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. 
The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the comb. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. This next reading is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1 to 14. Dry bones of Israel, I will bring spirit into you, that you may come to life. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he led me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me in the center of the plain, which was now filled with bones. He made me walk among the bones in every direction, so that I saw how many they were on the surface of the plain, how dry they were. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones come to life? I answered, Lord God, you alone know them. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, See, I will bring spirit into you, that you may come to life. I will put sinew upon you, make flesh grow over you, cover you with skin, and put spirit in you, so that you may come to life and know that I am the Lord. I, Ezekiel, prophesied as I had been told, and even as I was prophesying, I heard a noise. It was a rattling as the bones came together, bone joining bone. I saw the sinews and the flesh come upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no spirit in them. Then the Lord said to me, Prophesy to the spirit, prophesy, son of man, and say to the spirit, and say to the spirit, Thus says the Lord God, from the four winds come, O spirit, and breathe into these slain, that they may come to life. I prophesied as he told me, and the Spirit came into them, and they came alive, and stood upright, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They have been saying, Our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them and bring you back into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them. O my people, I will put my spirit in you that you may live and I will settle you upon your land. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. I have promised, and I will do it, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, who is good, whose love endures forever. Alleluia. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, those whom he has redeemed from the hand of the foe and gathered from the lands, from the east and west, from the north and south. Give thanks to the Lord who is good, whose love endures forever. Alleluia. They went astray in the desert wilderness. The way to an inhabited city they did not find. Hungry and thirsty, their life was wasting away within them. Give thanks to the Lord who is good, whose love endures forever. Alleluia. They cried to the Lord in their distress. From their straits he rescued them, and he led them by a direct way to reach an inhabited city. Give thanks to the Lord who is good, whose love endures forever. Alleluia. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his mercy, 
and his wondrous deeds to the children of men, because he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry with soul, hungry soul with good things. Give thanks to the Lord for his good, whose love endures forever. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, reading from the book of the prophet Joel, chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. I will pour out my spirit upon the servants and the handmaids. A reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Thus says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, even upon the, the servants and the handmaids. In those days I will pour out my spirit. And I will and I will work wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood fire and columns of smoke, the sun will be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood. At the coming of the day of the Lord, the great and terrible day, then everyone shall be rescued who calls upon the name of the Lord. For on Mount Zion there shall be a remnant, as the Lord has said, and in Jerusalem survivors, whom the Lord shall call. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we have Psalm 104. This is a vigil mass, so you have a lot of these readings. So if you went to it or you're going to go to it, well, this is what you can expect. Psalm 104. The Lord sent out, Lord, send out your spirit and they shall renew the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory, robed in light as with a cloak. Lord, send out your spirit and you and renew the face of the earth. Hallelujah. How many fold are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you have wrought them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah. Lord, send out your spirit and you shall renew the face of the earth. Creatures all look to you to give them food in due time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Alleluia. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Alleluia. All right, so uh, reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 22 to 27. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that sees is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with endurance. In the same way, the Spirit too comes to the aid of our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with, with an expressible groaning, and the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the holy ones according to God's will. Word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, and this is interesting. Say, uh, this is um, now the Gospel of John. It's very, very, very short. Uh, alleluia, alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Alleluia. Gospel according to St. John, chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. On the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and exclaimed, 
Let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. As scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him who believes in him. He said this in reference to the spirit that those who come to believe in him were to receive. This was, of course, no spirit. This, of course, was no spirit yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. One more time. Gospel according to John, chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. On the last day, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and exclaimed, Let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. As scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him who believe in him. He said this in reference to the spirit that those who come came to believe in him were to receive. There was, of course, no spirit yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. The gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, now we're going to go into the readings for Pentecost. The, uh, these readings are during the day. Okay. Acts chapter, first reading is going to be Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together, and suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they they were. Then there appeared to them to get uh, there appeared to them tongues as a fire which parted and came to rest on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to, to proclaim. Now, they were about, they were devout Jews from every nation under heaven, staying in Jerusalem. At this sound, they, they gathered in a large crowd, but they were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed they asked, are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how does each of us hear them in their, own, in their native language? We are Parthians, Medes, and Alamites, inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, and, Cap and Cap Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the districts of Libya near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, and, and, uh, and Cretans and Arabs, yet we hear them speaking in our own language of the mighty acts of God. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Next, we'll do the, uh, it's going to be the, the Psalm 104. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. How many fold are your works, O Lord? The earth is full of your creatures. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Alleluia. If you take away the, their breath, they perish and return to, to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. Lord, send, forth, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Alleluia. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord be glad in his works. Pleasing to him be my, be my theme. I will be glad in the Lord. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth.
Okay, and now second reading is uh, from uh, letter first letter of the Corinthians by St. Paul, and it's chapter 12 of chapter 3, from verse 3 all the way to uh, chapter, I'm sorry, there's two parts here, chapter 12, starting from verse 3 to 7, and 12 to 13. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are, there are different works, but the same God, who produces all, all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. As a body is one, though, it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free person, and we are all given to drink of one spirit. Where the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, so now we have uh, the next second reading. This is an alternative reading. So you might get this reading uh, on Pentecost. It's uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 8 to 17. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Okay, those who are in the flesh cannot please God but you are not in the flesh. On the contrary, you are in the Spirit. If only the Spirit of God dwells in you. Whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not, does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also, though his spirit that dwells in you. Consequently, brothers and sisters, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with your spirit, with our spirit, that we are children of God and of children then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. All right. So we are also going to get two um, choices of gospel. I'm going to read both of them. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Alleluia, alleluia. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. As the Father sent me, so I sent you. Receive the Holy Spirit. First one is chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive or forgiven them. 
Whoever sins you retain are retained. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And now the alternate gospel reading. It, um, again, the, the minister has a choice between which readings. This one is the Gospel of John chapter 14, starting from verse 15 to 16. And it goes from 23 to 26. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John, Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Those who do not love me do not keep my words, yet the words you hear is not mine but that the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, that's quite a lot, but I wanted to focus, I wanted to, uh, to do all these readings um, mainly because I wanted to show you how they're all connected. Um, the first reading is from Genesis and it focused on one of the most ancient of all the stories, which is Babel. And I know, I mean, you're going to get people that are probably going to tell you it's fairy tale, but I really want you to really think about, look how, Look at today. Look at everything that's happening today in the world that we live in. Look at how the internet has kind of like, has been almost kind of like a Pentecost. Notice how we can know what, what's happening now so easily. And uh, Google can easily translate uh, news, uh, breaking news, like what's happening in the Ukraine or what's happening in Korea or what's happening in Russia or what's happening in Japan. Quickly, it can be translated uh, into another language. People can automatically, hopefully without any bad translation, that can mis that can misinform people, but quickly, you can know what's happening. You can know what's happening in the Middle East. You can know what's happening. You can hear about some something that's happening in Australia or Africa or South America, fast, quite fast. And that, in a sense, is almost like a Pentecost, where you know we're now. The idea behind Pentecost, the whole point of, for the Christian context, I mean, that's basically like the summer harvest for the Jews where they present all their, their harvest uh, that's grown and they come and they come in and they're celebrating. But in this case, what it is, the Babel story, notice what God says when if you know when they put their minds together when they're the lord um it says here if now while they are one people all speaking the same language they have they have started to do this nothing will later stop them from doing whatever they presume to do you know he's that was that's a compliment that's a compliment. This event took place after the flood. This event took place after the flood. They came to the land of Shinar, and still they are one people speaking one language. And this, think of this as what they're doing is they're trying to basically, they're, they're picking up where the flood left off. They are building themselves a city, a fortress. 
to stop any other future judgment of God. A lot of people don't pick this up, but pick it up right after the flood, the events of the flood. Right? Humanity started spreading all over the earth. They still believe that there is a God. And the idea was, is this is to defy heaven. This is to defy heaven. We're going to build a fortress, a wall, and we're going to make sure that next time you send the, the, the flood will not get us. We're going to build us a, a city that will rise above the waters. That's why they said we're going to pierce the heavens. Because what they're saying is, we're not going to let you destroy us again. We're going to go back and we're going to, we're going to do what we, where we left off. In other words, basically the tower is a middle finger. So God comes down and he visits them. They're going to go back and they're going to destroy each other with their sins. You know, the flood, if you remember the ark, every animal was two by two. It was male and female. Right? And it, wickedness and violence was on the earth. Sexual deprivation, sexual perversion, right? Bestiality. That's why the animals, it was God taking back his creation. He was reminding humanity, I made, I made everything. And now you're perverting and corrupting creation. So the flood is like a baptism to wash away the sins. And he was taking that the ark was a tabernacle to take back his creation. Humanity became wicked. Now people were thinking, so God decided to flood the earth because, you know, because human beings were, yeah, they were sexually experimenting and they were also being cruel. You know, sexual perversion always follows with cruelty, with savage cruelty human beings being cruel to one another. The idea behind it is that you don't recognize the dignity of your fellow human being. You use your fellow human being. So they no longer spoke the language of God, which is the language of dignity. The language is to, the language of God is love and sanctity and acknowledging the dignity of your of uh, of your of your fellow human being to recognize the dignity of God in your fellow human being. When human beings are selfish, and all they think about is their desires, you know that itch that needs to be scratched, that everybody is so obsessed with now, which is pornography, sexual pleasure. And we know by the horrible scandals within the church, the abuse of children, the abuse of people, uh, the, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned the um, movie called Calvary about a priest who, who's a good priest. He hasn't harmed anyone, but someone, a victim of sexual, of child sexual abuse came to the confessional and he's so angry. He wants to kill a even someone, he can't kill the bad priest because the bad priest is gone. But he figured, why not kill a good priest? And you're a good priest. So you see, he's been hurt that even the sense of justice is gone. But he wants justice. His pain has blinded him world doesn't know how much he's been hurt how much he's been violated so he's lost you know he's he, you know he's lost his language is is the sense of justice the language of justice is gone because his sense of dignity has been taken from him so everything else is confusing the language is confusing now this the to have faith in God, the universal, the, 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 the most powerful language is love. Because remember what Christ said, love one another as I have loved you. And John later on says in his letter, God is love. 
And this is important. Because the Son of God came to the world to teach us that language. To teach us the language of God. And the love is holiness. Love is sanctity. Love is dignity. Okay. Love is justice. Love is God. When we push God out of the picture, we can't, we can't hear, we cannot understand, we don't listen. Remember what Paul said, love is gentle, love is kind, love doesn't boast, love doesn't make demands. Love does not hurt. Love heals. I'm paraphrasing, but you know, these are the things of love. If, if we don't have God, no matter what language we speak, no matter if it's English, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Um, Chinese, Japanese, <laughs> Spanglish or whatever, Arabic or Hebrew. If we don't have God in our hearts, if we don't have God in our life, God in our mind, God in our actions, God, in the way we walk every single day. God, in our politics, yes. God, in our bedroom. God, in, in our childhood. God, in every action of our life. We're never going to understand each other. And that means the love of God. Everything we do. Everything you do in life, your work life, your daily life, your home life, your sex life, your political, your politics, your business, your sports, everything, everything that, that deals with your relationship with your fellow human being, your family and everything has to have the language of God. And that language is love which means you have to have God, including in religion. Because that's, that's also something that God can be absent from. You know, we see this in how our Lord dealt with the Pharisees, right? We saw this because the Pharisees they had religion, but they didn't have God. They didn't have God, so it was it was faith or religion absent of God. Even the law. The problem is the Pharisees were very obsessed with the law, but there was no God. There was no God in in in, in anything in any part of their religion. It was daily sacrifices, daily rituals, daily routine void and empty of God. That's why Jesus always said to them, you left out mercy, charity, you know, you know, mercy, love, compassion. These, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Jesus said to the Pharisee and your strength and all these, you know, that's good. That's true. But what I give you is important and no less important love your neighbor as yourself because without that without that you cannot speak to your fellow man you can't you you know you have to have god you have to have god and that was what pentecost is 
you know, and yeah, miracles are important. Miracles will cease if there is no God. You know, fantastic things that God can permit. Healings. But if there's no God, there's not going to be any healings. There's not going to be any fantastic miracles. There's not going to be any saints if there is no love for God. That's what made St. Francis of Assisi do these fantastic things. This is what made St. Paul travel the world. He went everywhere and he became everything to everyone. He became a Roman to the Romans. He became a Jew to the Jews. He became a Greek to the Greek. He became a slave to the slaves. He became oppressed to the oppressed. He spoke God to everybody. He changed the whole world. He suffered for it. So, a parent of father and mother can be fantastic parents if they have a love of God and show it to their children. A wife can be a fantastic wife. A husband can be an unbelievable husband if he has the love of God with his, with his wife. And a child that experiences these things can have a fantastic childhood. And no matter what the circumstances of how poor they are, how little food they have on the table. But unbelievable things can happen when they, have, when they experience the love of God. And unbelievable things can happen. They can grow up to be the unbel most unbelievable person in the world. And if we have that, if everyone had that in their society, in our, in our culture, There shouldn't be any gun violence. There shouldn't be any crime. There shouldn't be any social disorder. And then we would really have the opposite of Babel. But that's why God had to come down and confuse them because they didn't have the love of God. God wants to be in our lives. He wants to be in our lives. He wants, he wants, he wants in, but he's not going to force himself because then it, it probably will not be a very good relationship. As we know, you know, we've, we've seen how children and parents react when, when a parent, you know, they say tries too hard tries too hard it doesn't work out that way he gave us free will because he wants love back freely he wants us to he wants us to love him freely he's not it's not like other religions where god is authoritarian we know there are religions non-christian religions where god is very much an authoritarian and and that's usually because the language the God as love, God is love is absent in some of those religions. But that's that's the whole point of this. That's that's this is this is everything. Ezekiel, the bones of Ezekiel, uh, those dead bones, is obviously there's it's literal. There will be a literal resurrection that will come. But it's also meaning our lives can be dead, dry, without God, without God present. Um, you see this thing even with Israel when they're standing at the foot of the mountain. But it's a manifestation of the power of God. But if you notice, the Israelites were terrified and afraid. But not Moses. 
because Moses has already experienced the love of God. But the rest of Israel hasn't experienced it, so they were terrified when they saw the smoke and the fire. But notice what happened when the apostles received the Holy Spirit, because they experienced the presence of Jesus in their life, and there was fire, power, a wind. It came into the house right from heaven. Heaven opened up, poured down, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So much fire was in them. They experienced the love of God. And they had to go out to the world to tell everybody about it, to share it with everybody. And what happened, there was some people responded and other people like the temple authorities didn't respond very well. That's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because some people do not want the status quo to change. And we see that what happened to our Lord. He was crucified. But he, he did it willingly. He did it out of love. Because he, he is love. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. And um, you should go back, look at these readings. If you have a missile, you know what? Pick up a missile from the church. Go into a Catholic church, pick up a missile. And maybe this will invite you to go get a Catholic Bible and look up those readings. The new one, I like the new one that came out recently called the New Catholic Version. It's pretty decent. If you can get that one from a Catholic bookstore or go to Amazon, just look up New Catholic Version Bible. Get the whole Bible. It's not expensive, and actually it's worth it's worth an investment. If not, uh, get your hands on the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition, but the New Catholic Version is pretty smooth reading, decent reading. Um, and you can look up these readings and just look at the typology, look at the comparison and plot. Typology, That's this is something that goes back uh, to ancient Judaism, where they see the hidden theme, they, you know, a typological comparison. Again, this is something we're going to try to do uh, on the informed Catholic. Like I said, I really want to focus on catechesis and Bible reading. I want to focus on those things, and you know, because I really want people to understand why these themes are going on. You know, we saw, like I said, Babel, Genesis. The, the Tower of Babel, compare that to Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down. The world got the, the world lost the language of understanding because they lost God. They didn't God just didn't come down and take it from them. He took He took it from them because they already lost they lost they lost the sacredness of life. They lost the holiness of life. And when you lose that, you lose the language. The language of God, and you know, and that's how the world's confused because nobody loves, nobody loves their neighbor, nobody loves their fellow man, which is created in the image of God. Everything now is an object to be used and disposed of. Anyway, we're gonna end it here, and we're gonna go to uh, the creed. I'm gonna try to keep it short. It's very lo long enough as it is. Okay, God bless. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. 
and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. <laughs>